grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text is the gospel reading. Please be seated. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, Jesus didn't say it, did he? Did he? Oh, he didn't go there, did he? Yes, he did. He dared to preach it, and he preaches it to you today with no apologies. It's the R word that he preaches. The R word that the church and her authorities have forbidden from being taught, let alone preached, ever in the church. But Jesus does, and I will as well, because I work for him. What's the R word? It's spelled R-E-P-E-N-T, repent. Jesus in the text categorically tells you to repent. Thanks be to God for that sermon, because it's appropriate. Jesus wants us to take a good, hard look at our lives in the mirror of the law and to acknowledge the death that our sins deserve, and then to use him properly for the forgiveness of our sins, whether we feel like it or not, whether we think we personally need it or not. Jesus calls all of us today to repent. <laughs> And so, in the Gospel reading, some people come to Jesus with news of a terrible atrocity. Apparently, King, uh, pardon me, Governor Pilate had killed some Galilean worshippers in the temple, and then he mingled their blood with the sacrificial blood. So murder plus desecration, a double outrage. What did Jesus think? Perhaps these Galileans were really bad sinners? Worse than everybody else? Jesus doesn't go there. Tragedies, violence, and harm happen to the good and the bad alike. All Jesus has to say about this is this, unless you too repent, you will likewise perish. Now, to use poker language, Jesus sees their political crime and he raises it with a construction accident. Some tower in Siloam fell, and 18 people died. What about that? Again, it's no measure of their goodness or badness. There's no hard connection between sin and disaster. Much of it appears to happen just as dumb luck. Those 18 at Siloam were just standing at the wrong place at the wrong time. It just happened. The response to disaster, whether it's man-made or whether it's natural, the hurricanes, the tornadoes, the terrorists, the earthquakes, collapsed buildings, and all the other disasters that clog the nightly news is the same. The response is always the same according to Jesus, and it's in the text. Unless you repent, you will likewise perish. I'm telling you to never soft pedal what Jesus says in the text today. Don't ever sugarcoat it and say this. Well, oh, I'll sin today, but I'll repent tomorrow. How do you know you will have a tomorrow? How do you know that the Lord will grant you repentance? Tomorrow. That's security of the sinful flesh talk. It's not certainty of faith talk. Jesus has a little bit more to say. Are you listening? <laughs> you better. It's a little parable about a fruitless fig tree. 
The landowner, well, he's run out of patience and he wants that fig tree cut down ASAP. The gardener, however, pleads for mercy. Let it alone. Literally, in the Greek, it's this. Forgive it. Forgive it. And so he begs the owner, one more year. Just give me one more year. I'll dig around it. I'll put manure all in it, and I'll water it. And if there's still no fruit, okay, cut it down. <coughs> this parable is spoken against Israel because her time of stewardship the stewardship of God's grace was running out. Soon, very soon, the nails would be driven through our Lord's Good Friday hands and feet. And soon, the sermon heard round the world, it is finished, would ring out all over Jerusalem. And soon, the curtain of the temple would rip apart in two from top to bottom. For now, a silent moment of grace before the storm of judgment. So repent, turn from sin, and then turn back in faith to the Lord who has turned his face to Jerusalem to save her and all. Now, brothers and sisters, you are God's dear children. You are his beloved in Christ baptized believers. God has changed your minds to be conformed to the mind of Christ. The Lord has baptized you into our Lord's Good Friday death that conquers your death. He's delivered you from the law's condemnation and the law's death sentence. You remember what Paul says in Romans 8? He says, there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you are in Christ Jesus by virtue of your faith in him. Just as the Israelites who walked through the Red Sea were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea, as we heard in the epistle, you have been baptized into Christ's death by virtue of your baptism. So then, living in and from your baptism is one of constant turning and returning. Daily turning from yourself and your sin, and then daily turning to Jesus and his righteousness, his innocence, his blessedness. You can never be secure in your sin, nor would you want to be. Right? <laughs> am I right? Yeah, I am because that would be the way of death. You, however, are on the path of life, the way of justification. You live in a, to borrow the language of the parable, you live in a year, a year of gracious what? Digging, fertilizing, and watering. For what purpose? To be fruitful fig trees that God created you to be in Christ Jesus. So during this Lent and for all the rest of your life, brothers and sisters, happy repenting, happy believing, and happy bearing much fruit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, amen.